Hello, friends, and welcome to the sermon for this week. We're going to be looking at God's power this week. What an interesting topic. See, we spoke last week about the plans of God, His grand purpose to create us uh, and to allow us the freedom to form a meaningful relationship with Him. A relationship not based in fear, not contrived, not threatened, coerced or forced, but a relationship of mutual love and with a profound choice of free people to love somebody back. And that was an absolutely necessary part of the way God designed our lives, made in His image, able to make free choices, uh, wanting to, to know Him. So to willingly or even eagerly choose to know and engage with God, that was always God's plan. He didn't want robots. He didn't want people cowering in fear. He wanted people who would have the free choice to love Him with all their hearts, for all the beauty that he is. That's the way he designed it, and that was his plan. Now, we want to look at that because it's one thing, I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of plans that I didn't really have the wherewithal to pull it off. And so we're going to discuss the God who not only made the plan, but had the power to make it happen, to accomplish what he planned. We're going to investigate the power of God. Does he have what it takes uh, to accomplish his plans, and is he willing to use his power purely on our behalf. See, Christianity at its core and fundamentally proclaims that Jesus Christ created everything. We believe our God out of nothing created everything that exists. And this idea that we serve that creator is filtered throughout the scriptures. His power is most obviously and most prominently demonstrated in the fact that he created everything that exists and he didn't need anything else from anybody to do that. Now, assuming that we all believe that, assuming that we engage with that, it's a fairly conclusive and definitive statement of his power. But that's not the only thing that shows us. The Bible declares in a number of places that he has the power to do whatever he wants to do. The Bible says nothing is impossible for him. All creation must bow down before him. There's no plan that can succeed against him. There's no might that can supersede his. He is in every single way, according to the scriptures, supreme over anybody. And so the question then really comes is, is what do you do with all of that power? Well, I want to come back to this idea that firstly, he showed us his power when he created all things. God wanted to leave a mark on every sky, in every mountain, everywhere human beings inhabit this earth. God wanted to leave himself a testimony to say to people, look at how powerful I am. So in Isaiah 40, the Lord asks the prophet this question, to whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls each one by name because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. See, God says to him, Isaiah, listen, I created all of this. And just this, this spiral arm of the galaxy you're in, which we call just this, this milky way. He says, lift up your eyes, have a look and see what your eyes can see. 
Uh, he says, I know all those stars by name. I've called them out. And God wanted to leave for you and for me a testimony everywhere. Every time we look up into the night sky, every time we see some majesty, every time we, saw, we see some element of creation that's awe-inspiring, God designed it so that when we saw that his power would be whispered to us again through what he has created. Colossians 1, let me just read you a few scriptures just to show you that this is, the scriptures are chock-a-block jam-packed with this idea. In him and through him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. It's talking about Jesus. In Romans 11, 36, it says, For from him and through him and to him and for him are all things. John 1, verse 3 says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So this idea that Jesus took complete command and out of nothing created everything. This was the role and responsibility of Jesus the Christ. He created all things and he did it because he wanted you to know he's powerful. He wanted you to know the, the, the glory of what he can pull off. Second thing I want us to just examine is not only is God powerful, but he uses his power on behalf of all people, everybody he's made. And now this is an amazing thing to me. Because nothing is impossible for him and he can do whatever he wants to do. So the question is, how does he want to use his power? Let me ask you, if you had absolute power and there was no one anywhere that could resist what you wanted, how would it be with your enemies? How would it be with people who'd bullied you or made us laughed at you? How would things go with, with uh, people who were unjust to you? How would things go with people who, who shook their fist in your face? See, the Bible says God has all power and all authority in the entire universe. And he still blesses those who shake their fist in his face. There's still a general sense of God's protection and blessing and, and, and favor on mankind. Because God created mankind for a very specific reason. Created in his image to receive his glory, to be in relationship with him. Mankind simply doesn't work well when we're not in relationship with God. We were designed fundamentally to be in a relationship with him. And where that relationship does not exist, we, we go wrong quickly. God is all powerful. If God is all powerful, then I sure hope he's all good. Because if God was all powerful and he did whatever he wanted and nobody could possibly resist him and he was evil in some way, then we're in trouble. See, this leads us to the idea that God's power is tempered only by the beauty of his nature. He cannot lie. He does not hurt others. He will do no evil. He cannot change. And so his power is exercised by him. That is to say, he does things that are consistent with being perfectly holy and perfectly good. He's not tempted to use his power to harm or to do evil. And even though people rebel against him and push back against him in their rebellion, he still uses his power for good and on their behalf. He uses his power 
in line with his nature. And so he sends a certain amount of blessing onto those who know him and onto those who don't, onto those who serve him and onto those who rebel against him. His actions are the product of his character. They're not dependent on those people who receive the benefits. He does good because he is good and not because the people that receive his blessings are good in themselves or deserved good. That's why the use of his power is always revelatory, which means that basically whenever you see God doing something, you can learn something about his nature by witnessing what he did. When you see his power, it'll say something about him and it's designed to do that for you. So God preserves and sends blessing and gives grace and pours out comfort and and protects some people. Uh, Everybody he created, there's this general favor and blessing. And when Jesus was teaching his disciples about how to live, they were used to doing good to people who did good to them, but it was acceptable uh, to, to do bad to those who did bad to you. Because in the law that the Jews grew up with, it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And that's how they like to live. But Jesus writes to them and he says, you've heard it said an eye for an eye, but I'm telling you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you can be children of your father in heaven because he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. See, Jesus is saying to his disciples, guys, listen, I want you to learn a different way of being so that you can be like your father because this is what your father's like. Father blesses. He sends rain. He sends provision. He's kind to, to everybody and not just the people who deserve it. And that's why it's sometimes confusing for righteous people and because we look up and we see people who are not that righteous seeming to be, everything seems to be okay with them. And sometimes it looks like the righteous are having more troubles than the people who are not righteous. And uh, that's simply because of the kindnesses of God. So this is God's power. He's awesome in power. Nobody can resist him. And he makes his power available to bless a lot of people, everybody on the earth. But then there's this third issue of what God does with his power, because the truth is his people, the people who love him, who draw themselves near to him, who seek his face, who tend to have a relationship with him, his people can all be full of his power. That means that his power can come and indwell us. His power is made available on the inside of us to radically transform our lives. And that's what Paul said in Ephesians. Finally, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. There's this invitation for those who believe Jesus to come and be strong. Drink deep, swim in this ocean, learn the currents of this, the power of God. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, he uses his power even more for those who cooperate with him. For those who expect him to be just as he said he was, those who expect him to be loving and kind, he shows up and his power begins to work on those people's behalf. His power flows through those people who know him and not just on behalf of them. For those who love him and get to know him, learn to cooperate and participate in the expressions of his power. Those who have not connected with him, uh, Uh, But those, sorry, those who have connected with him, who choose to love him, will experience a different level of his engagement. He speaks to them. He comforts them. He encourages them. He works on their behalf. He protects them. He guides them. And I just want to say this. If you'll choose to embrace it, 
an entire universe of possibilities will open up for those who seek his face and engage with him and who want to know him more. This is a special place of favor of being part of the inner circle of the family, named heirs of the whole estate, and uh, you're reserved for the embrace, and, and his power kicks in for those people who embrace him. There are all sorts of benefits that accrue to them. And even though they live in the same world as they did before, even though they face some of the same challenges that life throws at all of us, they have access to the intimate internal power of God to see them through. God gives them everything they need to do what he called them to. And this is what Paul says. God is able, he has the power to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you can abound in every good work. God said, I'm going to give you power and I'm going to give you the ability so that you can abound in every good work that I've called you to. So this place where we believe in Jesus and we live uh, in his love, it opens for us possibilities that never existed before. We're given power to understand and grasp the massive ocean of God's love for us. Where previously we were enemies of God, his power shows up as the unbelievable love of God. But more than that, it's mind-blowing because Paul says God makes his power available to do things in us and through us that we could never have imagined. In Ephesians 3.20, Paul prays this prayer. He says, Now to him who is able, who has the power, to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To the one who has the power to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. To him be glory, Paul says. God primarily uses his power to keep those who draw near to him. See, if, if I'm going to say, Lord, I, I, really, I, I really want to seek your face. He goes, listen, I can do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. It's, it's just this amazing thing. He's going to bless us in specific plans. He blesses everyone who engages with him. And see, when the scripture says he can do more than all we've asked or imagined, it presumes that we've asked or imagined that there is a relationship with us and God. And so I'm just going to encourage you, I dare you, to ask and imagine God doing beautiful things through your life with his power. Now, know there's so many things in the New Testament, too many for us to deal with here, uh, that talk about what the power of God can do. But let me just read to you a few of these. The Bible says God's power is able to make you stand in Romans 14.4. His power can pick you up and, and keep you standing no matter what pressures of life come against you. That's a power we all need right now. He says his power uh, is he's able to establish you in the gospel in Romans 16.25. That means that God will set you up and keep you strong and steady in your faith and you won't slip, you won't back down, you won't lose hope or faith. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12 that God is able, he has the power to guard what I entrust to him. So he, if I give him something, if I give him my heart, my life, my future, if I entrust it to him, he's able to guard it. He does a great job. He has the power to do that. And that's one of the things the power of God wants to do. 
He's able to save completely those who come to God through him, Hebrews 7.25 says. His power keeps us and saves us and keeps working on the inside of us. Jude 24 says his power is to keep us from stumbling and to present us before his presence with glorious joy. Philippians 3 says he has the power that enables him to do everything he wants, to bring everything under his control. See, the moment you and I start to engage with him and love him, his power is released into so many areas of our life to affect beautiful change. And it feels almost effortless. It's not me working it up. It's this power within us that begins to go to work. So friends, I just dare you. I dare you to draw yourself near to Jesus and say, Lord, could you release your power in increasing measures in my life? God had a plan, but God has power too. And his power is made available to anybody who dares to come and say, could I have some power? Because when he said, you can come and ask, he really, really meant it. See, Jesus is going to do profound things in our lives. He's going to do beautiful things the moment we come to him and surrender. Last day, I want to say his power is going to bring to a close all things. See, there's a lot of people who misunderstand how God works and, and misunderstand how he uses power because we always think, if I had that power, this is how I would use it. But we've noticed that God uses his power in line with his character and he uses his power on behalf of our freedom. God is not going to take away our rights or our freedoms. Oh, he is sovereign. Oh, he can do whatever he wants. But he wants a relationship with you and me that is beautiful and free. A, a relationship where we come and love him deeply from the heart. So God's power is always limited by his desire to have you freely come and his nature that forms constraints and boundaries to the way he, he works. Now in 2 Peter 3, Peter writes to the church because some people in the church had got tired and they say, well, why isn't God showing up? Why can't I see his power? Why, don't, why doesn't God just break in and destroy these people who are giving us hassles? And why doesn't he come? Like you keep promised Jesus is coming and I don't see it. So this is what Peter writes to them. He says, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffering, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on since it has from the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. This is the important piece of the scripture. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting everybody to come to repentance. See, people in the church were saying, why? Where's God? I don't, you know, they, they were getting tired. They were getting weary. They weren't experiencing the power of God as they wanted him to show up and demonstrate to them. But God's power is not a party trick. 
He doesn't show it uh, to keep people entertained. God uses his power on behalf of people and he uses his power specifically on behalf of people who seek his face. But he says, well, how come God is taking so long? How come God's not just showing up? Where is this coming? He promised and, and Peter warns. He says, listen, God is not being slow in keeping his promise to show up. He's being patient with you. And friends, one of the reasons God hasn't wrapped up all of this world, one of the reasons he hasn't already destroyed all of the wicked is because he's waiting for the last possible moment so that everybody can come to know him. He's giving us as much opportunity as he can to love him voluntarily. He's not being slow to keep his promise. He's waiting patiently to ensure that as many people as possible will come to know him. And that's your choice today. At the very least, you may consider joining me in a prayer, a general prayer, because God has been good to you. Um, but perhaps you're one of the people who'd like to know him better. Maybe you'd like to be a participant in his power. Maybe you'd like to say, Lord, I, I would like that power to flow through my life. I really would like you to do that for me. God had a plan and God had the power to accomplish his plan. But he wanted you to be free. And he wanted to be constrained by his own nature. His power does not go beyond his nature. His power is an expression of his nature. And God uses his power in a general form on everybody, whether they love him or not, whether they're in rebellion or not. He blesses and he watches and he is kind to people. He sustains this whole universe by his word. He keeps it going. He keeps it spinning. He keeps us uh, living and doing well. But for those who come to him and say, Lord, I really would like to know you. He pours his power into their lives and he establishes them internally and he transforms them completely. And life is full of peace and security and joy. As Jesus said, I came to give you life and life in abundance. That's the point. Let me just tell you a story before I pray, because in just a little while, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're one of those people who says, I think I'd like to I'd like to know him. then you can pray a prayer with me just in just a little while. But the reason I'm so excited about this is because as a 16 year old young man who was not doing well, I wasn't doing well in my own life. I wasn't serving the Lord at all. I had rejected him. In fact, grown up in a, in a church my parents had served in for many, many decades. And I just didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And uh, I remember uh, this kind of schizophrenic world because I was outwardly rebelling against my parents and they were trying to talk to me about Jesus. And I said, I don't need your Jesus and and uh, outwardly rebellious and uh, doing things that I, I shouldn't have been doing. But I remember that those weird moments coming home drunk after having stolen my mom's car and not crashing the car, praying and saying thank you that I didn't. and. But but this weird yearning on the inside of me to know God, but on the outside, I just I just couldn't get it together. I just didn't have the wherewithal. I I just didn't have the right moment or the right friends, or I, I just didn't find it in my heart to say I'd like publicly I'd like to accept Jesus. But there was this growing yearning on the inside of me. I knew there was something missing in my life, and I and I wanted it to be Him. And I was Lord, I I really need You. Could You? And so I remember praying many nights. I remember the, the very night I told my parents, I don't need you, Jesus. I remember praying, Jesus, don't, don't listen to me. You know, I do need you. 
Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe outwardly you've not been serving God. Maybe you've run rampant in the opposite direction. Maybe your life has just hit the wall and, and there's some ugly things and some secret things that are just not doing well with you. But maybe on the inside of you, there is a hunger for truth. Maybe deep inside of you, you're beginning to say, Lord, I, I really, could you show up and help me? Could you come and save my life? Would you step into my world and would you, would you do something for me? It's amazing how quickly we can mess up our lives. But friends, we're talking about the power of the God who created everything. And His power can recreate you. He can change your life. He can radically transform you. And the day I said yes to Jesus, I discovered that. I'm not in the ministry today because I thought it was a great career path. I'm in the ministry today because of the reality of a transformed life. I know, I know by personal experience what it's like to give your life to Jesus and have him completely blow it wide open, completely turn it right side up. I became a brand new person and life has been beautiful ever since. And I'm hungry and eager for that for you. Perhaps you're sitting there and saying, I'd like to know this Jesus. Then I'm gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And if you do, I promise you, if you mean it in your heart, he'll see, he'll hear, and he'll answer. So let's pray that prayer together. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, I come to you and I'm just asking, would you please forgive me? I know my life is a mess. I, I know I haven't done all things right, but I, I need your help. I need your forgiveness. And uh, Lord, above all, I want to know you. I want to know you. I, I want to I hear your voice. I want to experience forgiveness. I I want to know your power on the inside of me to radically transform me. So here I come, Lord. I'm, I'm asking, receive me because I give my life to you. And I'm asking you to change me and transform me and make of me a brand new person. I mean what I'm praying, Lord Jesus. So I'm asking you to, to make that prayer reality in my life. In your name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to go to a Christian that you admire, somebody whose lifestyle is real. Because we all know this. There's some people who, who are genuinely good people, genuinely good Christians. They love Jesus. You can see it around them. You taste it in the atmosphere when you're with them. Go to one of those kinds of believers. Find a Christian like that and tell them, hey, I, I prayed a prayer. I wanted to know Jesus. And they can help you in, the, in a few next steps. But if you, if you don't know anybody, please contact us. Just send an email to admin at northlandschurch.com and say, I prayed that prayer. We'd love to send you out. We have a, a welcome pack. Welcome to the family pack. It's got a Bible and it's got some sermons and some notes and things that are going to be extremely helpful to you in the first few weeks uh, of your walk with the Lord. And we'd love to walk you through um, that next few steps. And so if you just admin at Northlands Church, we'd love to serve you with that. Thank you so much for being with us. Join us next week as we continue on in this series about the Father heart of God. And it's going to be Father's Day. It's going to be a great week. We have a, a guest message from Leif Hetland, and it's, uh, it's a beautiful message. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you soon.